everybody. Welcome to the 26th episode of One for One. The happy uh, NBA free agency day. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, what's crack-a-lacking on this Monday, on this, on this long weekend? Not a whole lot is crack-a-lacking, Nolan. Classic long weekend, Miles. Had a little bit too much fun uh, last night. Ooh, that's a spicy crack. Uh, so I'm not having very much fun today, but uh, I want to give a shout out to a couple of guys who went to a, went to a golf tournament yesterday that a few guys I used to go to high school with, uh, started to put on a few years ago and my Parker or my Parker, my partner, Parker, big listener of the show, big supporter of the show, gave us a couple plugs yesterday, really appreciated it, um, invited me out and yeah, we had a nice round, had a lot of fun. It was like 31 degrees. Um, the tournament actually went to a playoff hole. So everybody was hyped up for that. But in the end, on the way back to the course, we flipped our cart and I have a nice little bump on my forehead and my body hurts. I don't know if it's from the drinking or from the collision, but I digress. Here we are. That's, that's a hard. Oh no. I'm, (laughs) I'm really sorry to hear that miles. Um, if it, if it helps at all, uh, I spent my, Monday while I was writing up the notes for this, just listening to like a lot of new metal. I've, I, I watched the Woodstock 99 documentary that was done by like the ringer and it was put on HBO. It's quite entertaining, but it, it just made me realize that how much I actually really enjoy like Limp Bizkit. So I listened to a shitload of Limp Bizkit today. And then I followed that up with like Slipknot's Iowa album. So I just have all this like pent up young white male rage be careful. That's a dangerous rage to have. <laughs> That's a news headline waiting to happen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's very problematic, Miles. How 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 dare you say uh, these problematic things? I'm not We're the... already off to a great start. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, man. Good times, good times. Fast times at Ridgemont High. Um I was thinking though yesterday, I don't know if there is a worse job in the world. Like people talk about like shitty jobs, like retail and like, I don't know. Uh, Pass control. Yeah. Yeah. Gar- I was, I was a garbage man in university for a semester. So I get, I get that a little bit as well. I think that one uh, shitty job that never gets talked about would be being a card girl. The amount of shit that you would have to put up being a beer cart girl at a golf course would be horrendous. It's just a bunch of drunk, out of shape, white old men yelling at you and like making passes at you. Like it'd be, that would be fucking, wouldn't that be terrible? I don't know. I guess it, de- it depends what you're into, but I could just it's, see that being so like, so, so hard. Yeah. Like it's, it's essentially like a matinee bartender. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a, that was a swish. That was a swish right there is what yeah. that was. I just, yeah. I, th- I think it's just more unfiltered too on a golf course because there's so much less like accountability. There's like the people in your group that you probably know. So you say some stupider shit and, uh, I just could, I couldn't imagine I would, I would never want to. And, and I mean, you're, you're also drinking in like the, in like the beaming sun. So the liquor's just going way, way more to your head. Oh yeah. So yeah, you got the. You got some tough stuff there, but you also have the opportunity to be uh, TikTok famous with that career. Yes, so exactly. A uh, little, little, little column A, little column B. The unsung heroes of the world. 
Uh, every time somebody tells like, the heroes of the world, it always makes me think of from the Will Ferrell movie, The Campaign, where he's like, uh, tilt the hurl carny workers are the glue that holds this nation together oh, are yeah. this nation's, uh, this nation's backbone, backbone. <laughs> this <Yeah>. nation's backbone <laughs> Sp- uh, speaking of backbones nolan uh, new team coming into the nhl this last little bit here a new backbone of players got drafted to the seattle kraken roster yes i i i and, and and people are going to be listening to this and saying and looking at their watches and saying, wow, Nolan and Miles, it's like August 4th. And the expansion draft was like two weeks ago. Yeah. Well, we got a we got a we got a very packed show today. So. <laughs> we do got a big epi today. We're going to do some Seattle expansion draft discussion, NHL schedule release, talk a little bit about the draft get into some of our remarks there because we know that there's going to be a couple. Then we're going to move on to uh, free agency and player movement that's been happening the last little bit since the draft. Um, and holy shit, has there been lots of it. So get ready there. Um, then we'll talk about some players that are still out, uh, available. And I'm sure there will be a few uh, times where we go off script and talk about something else too in that little time. Most drop, likely. Perhaps. Most likely. Uh, Dude, well, my, my brain is fucking garbage. I'm sorry. I'm going <laughs> to get ready here. I got to have a big sip of water. I feel like I have sandbags like in my brain and everything's just slower. I've never felt like this before. I think I have a concussion. I think when we rolled the car, I must be because I've, I've been hungover a lot, like a problematic <laughs> amount. And it's never felt like this. I didn't do fucking shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> Don't worry about what her job is. Her job is tables. <laughs> speaking, right. speak, okay, here's my segue. Speaking of having one fucking job, can we, before we get into the NHL, can we talk about how seriously NHL insiders take their job? Because they absolutely <laughs> fucking ruin this expansion draft. Yeah? Am I wrong? Uh What's your what's your job to what's your job to be an insider? Holy fucking shit! Like I'm gonna I'm gonna leak an entire <laughs> roster and ruin it for everybody. I was mad, man. I'm still fired up about that. Frank Sar- Frank Saravelli ruined the NHL. He cucked the NHL. Yeah, he straight up cucked them. I don't know. My only issue with that is don't fucking submit your rosters at 10 a.m. and then don't have your review and then not have your reveal until 8 8 p.m. Fair. That's my only thing. Fair. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's a, I think like, because when it comes to anything like that, I mean I don't really see that big of a deal out of it because even in like the NFL and the NA or and like the NBA, you have insiders that are leaking the picks before they even happen, right? I mean you I mean like you watch like the NFL draft and Adam Schefter is leaking like the 14th pick by the time pick nine is up. So I just kind of like we kind of all expected it because it happened last time with the Vegas one. And I mean, the actual expansion draft, like broadcast itself too, is like, uh, you can't really, I mean, unless you're seeing a clip of this, I'm, I'm just kind of moving back and forth kind of, yeah, yeah. But I can definitely see what you mean. Like it definitely would have been nice to actually see it happen like in front of your eyes with your eyes peeled wide open like a clockwork orange and like the the 
little metal pieces are holding your eyes wide open and you can see it happen. I'm I don't know where I'm going with this. No, Anyways, <laughs> I think that I, I agree with you and I, I'm retracting my statement a little bit, but I I just wish that like you know it was just like in the 90s and like we didn't have our phones with us all the time and we were just like weren't so glued to technology and then you would just have to watch the draft to know what was going on you know you know because there's a a newspaper a newspaper wouldn't have been able to report that list the way that twitter would have so you know i think it would have solved a lot of problems there yeah they would have been uh they would have been like plugging your phones in in one of those like old-timey like one of those like old-timey like what the hell were they called again? Like circuit board? Not a circuit board. What the fuck was it called again? You know what old timey telephones were they like? They're like operator. What do you want to? Who do you want to get in touch with? And, the beep beep. and it's like it's like fucking Bob McKenzie talking to like uh you know uh, talking to like a uh, Chris Dreger's agent. Beep. I, I like to picture them in tree houses across the street from each other with a tin can, like a can phone can line up in there. I also I also Pick. like to think of like Frank Saravalli having like a. Um, having like an owl like Hedwig or whatever the fuck it was called from Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. and he just has like a little has like a little scroll in it with with the entire expansion list. All right. Anyways, we should probably one, get to one the more actual- thing. Frank Saravelli. <laughs> Frank Saravelli is a name of a person who looks like they smell like cold cuts. That is the one of the more Italian names I think I've ever heard. Frank he's Saravelli. Al- he's also like he also is like. 32 years old or 33 and he has like hair whiter than bob mckenzie it's it's actually incredible it's it's, from, it's, it's from all the secrets yes exactly it ages him much faster anyways uh yes so the expansion list came out and um needless to say seattle uh made some picks <laughs> shit the bed messed around Pulled a little flim flam bamboozle. You know, so sometimes you select a uh, sometimes you select a guy like Jared McCann. Next time you select a guy like uh, Joey Decord or uh, Alexander <laughs> Alexander True. Uh, by the way, I just got over a cold. Not not COVID. A cold. Um, so if you hear me, if you hear me cough at all, my voice sounds better. Thank, thank goodness, and I can actually breathe through my nose, which is great. Uh, but I feel a lot better. Um, so if you hear me dry cough at all, it's because I'm getting over that. Anyways, let's get to the actual picks that were made. I'm not gonna, we're not gonna go through and fucking break every one of them down. But basically, I'll just spout them off. Uh, Speaking of, or st- starting off with, uh, Boston from the Boston Bruins, Jeremy Lazan from the Buffalo Sabers, Will Borgen from the Detroit Red Wings, Dennis Chalowski from the Florida Panthers, Chris Dreger from the Montreal Canadiens, Kale Fleury. After they, some people actually thought that they were going to take Carey Price. I think that's silly. Uh, from the Ottawa Senators, Joey Decord. From the Tampa Bay Lightning, Yanni Gord. From the Toronto Maple Leafs, Jeremy McCann. From the Carolina Hurricanes, Morgan Geeky. From the Columbus Blue Jackets, Gavin Bayreuther, who famously um, was let go and then signed right back in Columbus. Okay. Uh, from the New, 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 New Jersey Devils, Nick, Nathan Bastien. From the New York Islanders, Mr. Jordan Emerly, RIP. Uh, from the New York... Uh, from Still New York alive. Rain, well, yeah, he's still alive, but, you know, RIP is Oilers' career. Uh, New York Rangers, Colin Blackwell. Um, from the Philadelphia Flyers, Carson Twerinsky. From the Pittsburgh Penguins, Brandon Tanev. From the Washington Capitals, Vitek Vanacek. 
from the Arizona Coyotes, Tyler Pitlick. R.I.P. From the Chicago Blackhawks, John Quenville from the Colorado Avalanche, Eunice Donskoy from the Dallas Stars, Jamie Alexiak from the Minnesota Wild, Carson Soucy from the Nashville Predators, Callie Yarncroke from the St. Louis Blues, Vince Dunn from the Winnipeg Jets, Mason Appleton from the Anaheim Ducks, Hayden Fleury from the Calgary Flames, Mark Giordano from the Edmonton Oilers, let's not talk about it, from the Los Angeles Kings, Curtis McDermott from the San Jose Sharks, Alexander True and finally from the Vancouver Canucks, Cole Lind. So, with that being said, um, your your thoughts, your thoughts, Miles. My thoughts. Um, my initial thought is I, I would consider myself um, on the on the more hardcore side of hockey fandom. I like I like to watch hockey, the NHL as a whole. I like to watch a lot of games, and I was very surprised by a number of players that got picked versus who was available from certain teams, and not that like the last episode that we recorded episode 25, we were, we were giving our rosters and kind of who we thought was going to go. And I think for the most part, we were okay with our picks, but a lot of these picks from the crack and were surprising to me in terms of like, I don't know a lot of these guys, you know what I mean? I, I, I haven't, yeah. I haven't followed a lot of them. They're not like with Vegas when they were taking like Marsha show and uh, Carlson and stuff, you're like, wow, that guy has like real star potential. And on this team, there's nobody or not nobody, but very few players where I'm looking at it like, wow, there's genuine star potential there. I think that they're so, going to be a very good defensive team, but I don't know how many how many pucks are going to put in the net. So the thing that Ron Francis kind of hammered home about a week before the actual draft was he 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 kept on saying the thing we the thing we think is the most valuable or extremely, extremely valuable in this environment is cap space. And that was. Uh, exactly what was seen. I mean, I, I, there's, there's no way around it. I think their highest paid player, um, just looking through it very quickly, it's either Jordan Eberle or Yanni Gord, I think. Or no, sorry, it's Mark Giordano, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say And he's like, and he's like six point, he, he only has one year left on his contract. Yeah. Yeah, which is, and it's like 6.1. And so it's, it's really not much. Um, I guess the most shocking part is the fact that there were no side deals made or anything. And I think that that's like, I don't know if we're going to talk about, about, about them building this team. The fact that they took, um, the fact that they took Mason Appleton, but they didn't like, cause the thing that I like, I guess like that I didn't get of this whole thing is that, or sorry, no, not Mason Appleton. That's not who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the Washington Capitals. So they took VTech Vanacek. They traded him back to Washington and got a second for him, but they could have taken Brendan Dillon and sent him to the Winnipeg Jets for two seconds like the Capitals did. Like, that was what made no sense, is that Ron Francis held all the cards, and there was the whole talk about, like, the going rate for for the uh, for them either to not select somebody or to select somebody was, like, a first and a third. And at that point, you just have to kind of like lower your price and get what you can get because in, in in this like in this time you have you have the opportunity to get multiple 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 assets and they drop the ball they absolutely drop the ball so i'm i mean yeah like you said i think they're going to be a pretty good defensive team um i think they're i think particularly their top 4 looks quite nice um but yeah i don't know and then same with uh same with like even Carolina too. I mean, a lot of people seem to like Morgan Geeky, but 
taking him over Jake Bean? Like I, I don't know, man. I, I don't like that. No, I'm speaking. Okay, so I'm going to take what you said and spin it a little bit here, talking about how extremely important cap space is to them. So they signed Chris Drieger as a goal as their goaltender, and then three days later signed Philip Grubauer to a massive deal. Like that yeah, doesn't make makes sense no to me. Sense. With, what to like you're gonna have two potential like two young fucking stud workhorse goalies that need to play like to play a lot of games where you can only play one of them and you're paying them like combined ten million dollars. Yeah. I don't yeah, it, it I don't understand no I don't understand what you're doing wrong. You're you have a plan and what you're doing is different from that plan so drastically that it makes me question where your head is at, Mr. Francis. What the heck? Uh I think who who would you say was your favorite pick? for the team aside from uh, the, aside from the obvious ones um you know i i think getting a guy like will borgen is gonna be really cool because it's like you're getting a young guy out of buffalo um we all know the the whole like the the thought or the the hypothesis of the hypothesis of like the buffalo curse is like mm-hmm. every player seems to get better once they leave buffalo um I I mean, you know, Kelly Yarncroke is a good player. He makes little to no money. I mean, he makes like $2 million, and I think he makes it for another couple of years, so that's that's really not a bad pick at all. Um, I'm a little... I'm, I don't know if I like the contracts they signed for their, um, for their, uh, for their expansion slots. Um, like I said, one of them we'll talk about a little bit later. But, I mean, because f- like five years for... Uh, uh, Five years for Jamie Alexiak is a little much. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> but no, I like the I like the Yanni Gord pick. I like the Jared McCann pick. Um, it, I did find it really funny that the whole like that like those videos leaked, and the one that the one that leaked initially was the Kraken selecting Alex Kerfoot. Yeah, throwing and the now, salmon. Yeah, and now the Leafs have traded Philip Hollander in a seventh for uh, nothing. So. Well, they they might look at it as like, oh, we well we got to keep our we got to keep our team the way that the way that we did, but like Jared McCann's like a, a, like a lot better than Alex Kerfoot, so I don't know, I don't know. What about you? Um, Yanni Gord is the one that sticks out, even though I didn't pick him for, uh, to go from my. I think I had Matthew Joseph going, but that's just because I have a like a love for Matthew Joseph on his own. Um, I like Mason Appleton. I think is going to be a nice fit in that team i think he's gonna play well there um joey decord is my is my selection for surprise pick because i did not see that coming um especially like dude he's like an awesome teammate though which is good i mean with a name like joey i imagine that you're the dressing room dj and you play nothing but heat but there's still you know a lack of offense on that team and they didn't like go after a guy like datnov is yeah pretty insane to me but uh He's not in Ottawa anymore, so life goes on, I guess. I don't know. Um, I'm excited that, like, I saw a chart, and it was, I think, after the first day of free agency, and it was, like, expected wins um, above replacement for, like, the change changes to the rosters. And in the Pacific, it had, um, just based on, like, roster makeup and what the players are bringing, it had um, Vegas, Oilers, Kraken. And Oilers and Kraken were tied at 95. Yeah, I... Which is... I don't think the Kraken are going to get 95 points next year. No, I... I, Like, I initially... Like, I think they could have easily been one of those teams that could have been like a Vegas. But I... 
I do not like the makeup of this roster. So I'm I, I think they should I think they're making the smart decision though. Um because while I did mention earlier that they kind of dropped the ball when it came to these selections and they and they and they didn't accumulate assets, what they did was the right thing, which was uh, you have Shane Wright coming up in twenty two and you have Connor Bedard yeah. coming up in twenty three. Suck, please. Like that's a good idea. No, I think they're fighting Arizona for the Wright Bedard sweepstake shit show because and Ar- Arizona looks stinkalo. Yeah, the Ar- Arizona looks real bad. But man, that's a team that has done well with just getting assets, like taking yep. on a guy like Shane Gossespierre and here's a second. Like <laughs> it's amazing. Um, any thoughts on the actual broadcast itself? Um, yeah, I thought that they actually did a pretty good job with the broadcast. I thought that they made it like I, I like what Seattle is doing as a brand in terms of like incorporating the city and like getting famous people from Seattle to like advocate for the team like the fact that they had marshawn lynch there who is a guy that doesn't like media circus around him right like with the famous i'm here so i don't get fine type interviews the fact that he was out and like um engaging and excited about it was really cool um i wish he would mackle less but the fact that they had mackle more there who i think (laughs) he's a pretty he's a pretty pretty good dude for the for the uh northwest there and like people really seem to like him in Seattle. So the fact that he's involved in it and making picks and stuff like that and his stupid hat is is all good and, and good and whatnot. But I don't know, I thought they did a good job with it and having guys out there um, putting jerseys on and seemed to make it as entertaining as they could. Little Nas X didn't perform, so that's uh, one step better than what the NHL usually tries to do. Get somebody... Hey. Don't you dare besmirch the name of Lil Nas X. I was just okay. I will. I will. I will start <laughs> over. At least they didn't have fuck. Who was that guy? He's a country singer. Um, he had one like eyes on you with my eyes on you, and it was famous for like a day. And then the NHL hired him to play a concert before a game, like seven months after his song went on and it was terrible it was oh. so that that's what i'm saying that the nhl they love to get music acts that were popular like a, a year and a half ago and then be like look at this like at the nhl they had uh the that 24 carat whatever his name is and ian dior they sing mood that song was big like literally a year ago and they had them play that at the stanley cup like yes get the young kids in this is what they want this is how we get young fans by playing old music the funny part is that they're gonna get i bet okay here's my here, here's my big prediction is that they're gonna get chance the rapper to do something because of that that of the uh let's the do the hockey. snl bit yeah 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 let's do that hockey but like Chance the Rapper is now somebody that is like so off the map now because he released a terrible album. <laughs> and now people don't talk about Chance the Rapper anymore. Exactly. Yeah. They'll, they'll get, yeah. Get somebody who used to be famous and be like, look at what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Why aren't uh, you excited? The, the one thing I will say about the broadcast, though, is um, it's a shame what they did to Dominic Moore's hair. Like, <laughs> it just, it, <laughs> poor guy had this like this comb over, but like, probably a guy that like i mean i'm losing hair too already so i'm not gonna like i, I don't want to sound like a dick but you know what from one guy to the next i mean tough look tough look for dominic moore on stage um you know hey you know what's another tough look 
since I was bashing the NHL, I'm going to keep doing it. Um, and this is my favorite thing to do, make fun of their social media presence. Shout out to shout out to the NHL for posting a video for like long weekend vibes. And it's just Dante Fabro wake surfing. Like I could go, I could go on my Instagram and see on any given weekend and see two or three people in the summer wake surfing. Like Dante Fabro is just another dude, another dude behind a boat throw him a beer and have him drink it while he's wake surfing. And I've seen that video 700 times. So very cool NHL. You're nailing it. There's a, there's a way hotter picture of Dylan Holloway wakes or wakeboarding. Yeah. Should have used yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> we need more, we need more Edmonton Oilers content. Weekend vibes, dude. Uh, speaking of weekend vibes, um, terrible segue. The NHL released their, their schedule uh, for all 32 teams uh on july 22nd so the day so i mean you you have to know like this week like this this one week of the nhl was just packed with shit like there was so much going on the 21st you had the expansion draft the 22nd you had the nhl schedule release and then the 23rd you had the draft so they released an 82 game schedule for all 32 teams which is Lovely to see. Very happy that we're back to an 82-game schedule. We, I, I much prefer that than a shortened than a shortened season. But the big news from this was that the schedule included an Olympic break, which would follow the All-Star Game break in Vegas at Team Mobile, I believe, February 4th. Um, so that's a very positive sign. And according to Emily Kaplan of ESPN, uh, she had the or she tweeted this. As I said on SportsCenter, positive developments on NHL players and Olympic participation. They found a provider for COVID insurance for the players. Still need to work through some details, dialogue between the NHL, NHLPA, and IOC ongoing. But as of today, things are looking optimistic. Man, I need the NHL back at the Olympics because there is nothing quite like best-on-best hockey at the Olympics. Am I not right? You're 1,000% right. And like... You remember when you were a kid and you were making teams on NHL and you were putting all these freaks together and yeah, everything like that. Well, that's basically what Team Canada is going to be, and like Russia is going to be really exciting to watch. Sweden's going to be sneaky good. Every the US, team, the US, yeah, is going to be insane. Yeah. Like there, and there's so many young players too that are are going to be the core components to it. Like Austin Matthews and. Um, McDavid were both on Team North America in the World Cup of Hockey, so they've never put on you know the, their nation's jersey as like an actual mainstay player. So you know how important that is for hockey players, especially with the World Juniors in North America. How revved up everybody is to, to represent their country. I think that, like you said, best on best hockey, and with the break that there's been, like these young superstars that are right in their prime are going to be absolutely fantastic for their country, and it's going to make some really really good hockey for the fans to watch where are are, are the olympics in china yeah so that's i can't wait to get up at four in the morning and watch (laughs) hockey i'm gonna do it (laughs) yeah it's just it's just so funny that that they're that like this has been such a big priority for 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 this olympics because it's like the nhl clearly wants to get to china because like that's the that's the that's the bl end all right there like that's the mecca that's where the money is problematic but but um nonetheless though um yeah i i i really 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 want to see it because my goodness if we can see some form of like Sidney crosby connor mcdavid and nathan mckinnon all playing on like a line together oh my goodness 
I think I, I really want to see Crosby and McKinnon play together just because of how close they are, how how buddy buddy they are. That power call, that power play would be Tim fucked. Horton's line or something. Yeah, that power play would be at like gross. Yeah, it's gonna be like Kale McCarr, Connor McDavid. I mean, you might not put Sydney. I don't know if you would put Sydney Crosby on your first unit. Would you? No, maybe spread, not. Spread the wealth. Yes, you socialist a, team Canada. You need a, you need a like an apex shooter. As yes, well. well, just fucking go on down the list. And, he, and then even like a guy like Braden Point, man. Like I saw some projections where they had like Braden Point as like a like a fourth line center. It's like, no, he's really, really, really good. Like, yeah, and I you put him. Gonna... Yeah, he's going to be a, he, him and Stam on a yeah. Olympic line together as well for a little yeah. bit of continuity. Don't hate that. No. Um, speaking of not hating something, uh, apparently, though, with this is the Oilers have the third easiest schedule based off of like back-to-backs and playing non-rested teams. Don't confirm me on that. I read that somewhere, so I'm just kind of taking that. Um, But the Oilers start their season on October 13th, 2021, against the Vancouver Cucknucks. Woo! Let's go. And then guess what? Saturday? You know what's what's on Saturday? It's a fucking boa in Edmonton. Let's Let's go. go. Saturday boa. Um, Kickstarter for Nolan and I to get to go to the game. We're gonna be running Kickstarter. Yeah. Yes. Let's go. Let's do it. Actually, you know what I was thinking? I'm debating it. Going to both the home opener and the boa. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I. Yeah. Said. Yeah. Yeah. This so what I say. So we. So we. So we stay in the damn hotel for 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 like five days. Four days. Five days. I can't remember. It's Wednesday and then it's Saturday. So it's Wednesday, my we'll dude. Figure that out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Please, uh, please uh, give us your money. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, but following the NHL schedule release, the NHL decided that they were going to have their NHL draft. Well, I shouldn't say decided. This, this has been planned for NHL a while. Draft. NHL draft. Yes, this is premeditated NHL draft. Um, <laughs> First degree NHL draft. <laughs> uh, uh, overall, though, um, pretty boring draft. <laughs> I mean, it was all virtual, so it. it I mean, it, it, it's tough for their broadcast. And especially, too, it would be so nice if they got that full ESPN production like they do with the NBA draft and with the NFL draft. But we have to kind of let these things sort of work themselves out. Um, but as expected, Owen Power went first overall. The Buffalo, the big uh, six foot six defenseman um, that the. Uh, I test people think is uh, Victor Hedman, and then the computer geeks think is a four is a is a number four defenseman. I'm yeah. saying that sarcastically. Don't fucking flip. Anyways, what were you oh, saying, Miles? Um, no, I was I was gonna say um like Owen Power, interesting fella. Um, I think he's gonna fall somewhere in between. I personally think that uh, I think that baby he. I think Baby Hughes is going to end up being a better NHL defenseman when all is said and done. I think he's going to be a really, really good player. So I think New Jersey did well getting him at four. And just seeing how stoked Jack was, too, when they drafted him made me feel really yeah. nice, made me feel really happy. Um, yeah, draft overall. I like the delay. Like, I want the production but and, and everything like that that you were talking about. We're just not, you know, far enough out of the woods from COVID to, to have shit like that start happening again. But I do kind of like the delays a little bit. I think they're funny. Like there was a player from Sweden. I can't remember where he got drafted, but um, the pick got made and then they like cut to his stream and it's just him and all of his boys sitting in a room together and they're like on their phones. Like no one's, 
celebrating or anything like that. And there was, I'm not kidding, about a 35 second delay before he like actually saw that he got drafted. So they're all kind of sitting there and they're all like looking at their phones, looking at the screen. And then you can hear the commentators and they're like, yeah, I think he should be getting the news right about now. And then they get it. And they're like, yeah, the boys all get so jacked up for him. So there's little stuff like that is kind of funny. Something that we're all going through, right, with the screening, with screens and meetings and stuff like that. So it's funny to see that it happens, uh, happens to the NHL as well in a draft. But the big news out of the draft, Nolan, was what happened with the goaltending situation. Ken Holland fucked us. Okay, so he. Okay, I'm just gonna open up the 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 the, the list for the draft. Um, because yeah, you're right. Um, so there were two goaltenders going into this draft that were basically the one and two ranked, um, number one. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Steve Eiserman fucked us. No, Steve Eiserman and Ken Holland fucked us. It's, <laughs> it's fair because Sebastian Kosa was not the first ranked goaltender. He was the second ranked goaltender this entire time. Um, and yes, we Volstead was the first-ranked goaltender this entire time. Um, with that being said, when Steve Eisman traded up to select Kosa, I got, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, the guy that we were, that we were looking at is gone. And then St. Louis picked, and they picked, I can't, can't remember who they, who they picked. Sorry, we're terrible with the draft. We're not insiders. Um, but they picked, and they did not pick Volstead. And then it was Winnipeg, and then it was Nashville, and it just kept on going down. And as, when Nashville was picking, because I was talking to you about it, and you had said they might pick him, and I'm like, no, they have they have UC Saros, and they have freaking Askarov, so they really don't need a goaltender at all. But I'm thinking in the back of my mind, like, what if they just pick him just to say, fuck you, Edmonton, and they they picked um, Fedor Svechkov, and at that point, I'm, like, screaming. I'm so happy because they're going to, like, the Oilers are going to get the best goaltending prospect in this draft. And then they traded it. Uh, to go two picks down so they could get a first and a second from Minnesota. In which the Minnesota Wild selected the Jesper Volstead. It's not ideal. And then right after that, the Boston Bruins went and selected my second choice, which would have been Fabian LaSalle. <sighs> so, which then led them to... Uh, pick at 22 and they selected Xavier or Xavier we will figure this out Borgo I think I think it's Xavier like uh Xavier yeah Xavier like from uh from the goon I think we should I hope it turns into like a thing where we can call them like weapon x or like an <laughs> x-man or something like that like that'd be really cool um but from We'll we'll get into the we'll get into the Volstead discussion after, but uh, yeah, uh, Borgo a center from uh, from uh, Shawinigan of the of the QMJHL, um, pretty decent numbers. He was uh, twenty and twenty with forty points in twenty nine games. So yes, he scored twenty goals in twenty nine games. Has a bit of a shot on him and is pretty silky. Um, looks like he is just a creative offensive player. And from everything I have seen, it looks like he is a guy that could project pretty well to being a top six forward. Um, he's already six feet, 172 pounds. So it doesn't seem like he, I mean, it seems like he's already a pretty decently big boy. Um, could maybe be ready next year if he goes like supernova, but he has to dominate. And like the Oilers are going to need rookie salaries next year. 
um, for sure. So I don't know, Miles. Like I, I really fucking wanted Jesper Volstead. <laughs> oh, dude. Okay. So first and foremost, and I oh because there's so many important you know hockey people that are listening to this podcast. I got to cover my tracks, but first and foremost, uh, like no ill will to or like no lack of excitement that Xavier Burgo is an oiler. Like, welcome to Edmonton. Excited yeah. to have you. You're going to be a, like, I, I hope you end up being a great player. And I celebrate lots of boa shotguns in your name. Like that would be very sweet, but Edmonton really, really needed a goaltending prospect. And Stuart Skinner is playing very well in the AHL. He's had a past couple seasons in the AHL where he's been very, very good. But when you have a chance to get a guy who was mocking in the top 10 as an NHL goalie, you have to take, and who slides that far down to 20 for you to have a shot at, you got to absolutely do it. And there was uh, reports coming out that there was like character issues with them or that people weren't totally sold on him. Like who fucking cares at that point? He slid that far. And like, if you're as, you know excited about your core of leadership players that you have you take that take that project on head front head first yeah. and you're not scared about it you brought in a guy for five million dollars as a defenseman who's supposed to be who is like nhl royalty currently with his hardware and with duncan keith's resume like you can make jesper volstad what you want him to be in an organization that's healthy and it like makes me makes me nervous that they didn't want to take that on and also, it's the NHL, because uh, because as we'll get to further on in this round, apparently character issues don't matter. <laughs> so just fucking take the take the talent, right? Uh, um, like if he's a prick, who cares? I like I, I I don't mind having a goalie with a little bit of an attitude. Yeah, Somebody. people thought Dominic Hasek was fucked, yeah. and oh, I don't want Dominic Hasek on my team. Oh, if if he doesn't like to, oh, he doesn't like to lose, like. Okay, sweet. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a really good player. <laughs> yeah. So, um, sh- shout out to Steve Eiserman for getting Nadelkovich and then getting Kosa and having effectively his back end and uh, his his crease solidified for the next decade in Detroit. Very cool. Do you, um, do you know what's so funny is this is this is exactly what he did in Tampa. Yeah. Cause he yeah. drafted Vasilevsky and then he traded for Ben Bishop. Yeah. Guys, I fucking hate him. He's so good. Well, what, He's so good. What was that trade? The, the Nadelkovich trade itself is, is, is an absolute fleecing of the century. Yeah. What he, exactly. Got, what he got him for was Bernier's rights in a third. Yeah. Like exactly. What? And Bernie left. Yeah. Yeah. Carolina yeah. shake my freaking head. Yeah, that's like when a, I don't want to pay for a goaltender. That's like when a guy in uh, your fantasy football league trades Le'Veon Bell for first round pick last season. Totally destroys the value of picks in your league. That's what Carolina did. They totally destroyed the trade market value, letting the Dolkovich go for a third round pick. And then it balanced itself out with uh, Colorado a couple days later. Yikes! Um, so okay. I know we're, we're eventually going to get into the Oilers stuff. I, I told you this is a long episode, um, but we need to talk about the um, Montreal Canadiens. Oh, my God. Deciding that they are going to set their PR department. The, the department. department. That's exactly that is what a it department. Is, a department uh, on fire by selecting London Knights defenseman Logan Mayu. So, in case you are not familiar with Logan Mayu, uh, you probably are, but this is the sto- this has been probably the biggest story in all of hockey the last little while. 
basically, Logan Mayu uh, was uh, charged and fined with uh, filming a video of a young woman performing a sexual act on him and then had spread it among to his teammates, um, in which he was rightfully taken to task for that, as he should be. Um, and as it stands, the young woman apparently has not received a like heartfelt apology. Um, she received like a couple of texts from him and that, and that was really about it. Um, but the day before the draft, uh, Mayu, or sorry, a couple days before the draft, Mayu re- released a statement, uh, saying the following, uh, being, being drafted into the NHL is an honor and a privilege that no one takes lightly. The NHL draft should be one of the most exciting landmark moments in a player's career. And given the circumstances, I don't feel I have demonstrated strong enough maturity or character to earn that privilege in the 2021 draft. If I would ever have the honor of being selected, I would want a fan base to be proud to welcome me to their organization. I know it will take time for society to build back the trust I have lost, and that is why I think it is best that I renounce myself from the 2021 NHL draft and ask that no one select me this upcoming weekend. I feel that this would allow me to the opportunity to demonstrate an adequate level of maturity and character next season with the London Knights in the OHL and provide all NHL all the NHL teams the opportunity to reassess my character towards the 2022 NHL draft. So he took himself out of the draft. Um which I think is the right move to do. Um, if you are serious about trying to move on and trying to be a better person, um, then that's probably the right thing to do. Now, the cynical part of me is kind of thinking to myself, well, you know, he could just go back to the London Knights because he's like a second round guy, could very well go to the London Knights, could put up like 90 points and then go fucking top five. But at the end of the day, this was the right thing to do, right? Um, So... With that being said, um, the Montreal Canadiens decided that they uh, they didn't fucking care, and they drafted him 31st overall. So even though he was a second to third round, like, hovering player, they drafted him in the first round. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> Logan Mayu didn't learn anything. <laughs> so I, I just, I just, man, I, I fucking, I, I, I do not like this. I do not like this. And then the Habs had the audacity to come out with a statement literally right after and saying, by drafting the prospect Logan Mayu with a 31st overall pick, the Montreal Canadiens organization not only selected a promising hockey player, but also a young man who recently admitted to making a mistake. The Canadiens are aware of the situation by no means minimize the severity of Logan's actions. Uh, Logan understands the impact of his actions. His recent public statement is a genuine acknowledgement of his poor behavior and the first step of his on his personal journey. We are making a commitment to accompany Logan on his journey by providing him with the tools to mature and the necessary support to guide him in his development. We are also committed to raising awareness among our players about the repercussions of their actions on the lives of others. So I saw this a couple times. Probably not like a good sign that you have to release a statement right after you select a player. Just a thought. I, I, I don't know. Like, it's just, uh, man, it, it, it's fucking hockey, man. <laughs> like, it's, it's head scratching the whole way around. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I like what the, like what the kid did yeah. and what is, 
like what he was trying to do in terms of like own up for it. I mean, not apologizing to the person you wronged is pretty scummy. And then Jeff Molson, I'm not going to read the whole Jeff Molson statement because it was massive, but um, basically Jeff Molson uh, came out with a statement because he apparently said he was unaware of the uproar it would cause, which makes okay. total sense <laughs> yeah. uh, because you guys released a statement literally right after you picked the guy. So, uh, and like, okay. it's, it's Montreal. It's not like they need to, they need like the free media around it. Like, what are yeah. you doing? Well, and then the funny part too, is they released a statement on the first day of free agency during the busiest news cycle. So they're thinking like, they must think to themselves that like, oh, this is when everybody will be looking. But when in all reality, it's everybody's paying attention to everything else and is not focusing on you. So it's just a fucked, it's just a really fucked situation, man. I... I just I can't believe they I can't believe they did that, um, and then the, the 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 funny part about that too is that the Blackhawks, whomst are being whomst are being investigated heavily uh, for their own issues, um, which we've talked about before, in what seemed to be a hey look over here and not over there uh, move by bringing in eight women up to the or, or up from the organization uh, up on stage to select Nolan Allen. Um, as Elliot Friedman put it in 31 Thoughts, uh, just a gross move. Very, very, very gross move because nothing comes across as genuine about that. And especially that happening after Logan Mayu got picked too. It just comes off so... Just, like, read the room, man. Read the fucking room. Like... And 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 you know what, man? I after all the recent developments with that whole Blackhawk situation, I I hope every member of that organization gets what's coming to them because it's it's getting worse and worse and worse, and it just it's just it's a fucking it's that end of the draft, man, was just. I could not believe it. I could not believe what happened. So it was like it was very awkward to sit and watch and see and listen to the announcers kind of like try to tightrope around it. Like it was, it was off putting. It was cringy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but on a non-controversial note, um, we will go to, I just wanted to mention a couple things about the draft. Um, so with the pick that the Oilers got for Jesper Volstead for the, uh, uh, for the wild to move up, they selected a 90th overall, uh, because they didn't have a third round pick because uh, James Neal. Um, Second round pick. What, no, it was a third round pick that, that they selected this guy with. But yes, because we, we didn't have a second round pick. Yeah, and they 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 didn't have a third because of the James Neal situation. They didn't have a second because of Andreas Athanasiou, but yeah, they didn't have yeah. a third because of James Neal. Yeah. Um, yeah. They got uh, Luca Munzenberger with the 90th overall pick, uh, a German defenseman. A um, lot of not really on a lot of scouts' radar, um, but from what some people were saying that he was at the World Juniors and he was quite, 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 quite good. He was a shutdown guy. Uh, big left-handed defenseman. Not really much offensive upside, but ultimately at the end of the day, uh, he, he, he better be really good because if you passed on Jesper Volstead just to get an extra third-round pick and that was what you did with it, uh, then he, he better be good. Um then it was followed up with uh, Jake Chason, who's a nice little goal scorer. But the big one that I'm excited about, and that a lot of people are excited about, Matvey Petrov, who comes from the MHL, is a six foot four wing- left winger. 
um, and just seems to have a lot. He was kind of projected around that sort of second or third round, and he fell all the way to the sixth round. And uh, yeah, offensive, offensively skilled winger, great release on his shot, good vision, puck moving ability. Um, we like to see that. We absolutely like to see that. So hopefully uh, Medvey Petrov becomes something quite good because that would be really nice to see in this organization. Because uh, I, w- I would love our own Kucherov. That, that, that would be rather lovely. It seems like every time a, a team, like a franchise, turns a corner and like really starts becoming, like reaching their potential is when they start hitting on these late-round picks. So if Petrov ends up being a guy that hits as a late round pick that'd be unbelievable yeah it'd be really nice i hope he is yes we we stay we stand for a russian king (laughs) but miles you know i am really happy we did not record uh last was it wednesday yes wednesday i'm really happy we didn't record on wednesday uh, me too, because I think that we would have burned something down. Yeah, and uh, our, uh, our our good buddy Jay uh, said uh, he was he was going to when I mentioned something in the group chat about being positive about what what had all happened, he was going to send me the Wikipedia definition of uh, confirmation bias. <laughs> Just fair, because this is pr- probably what's happening right now, um, but. The Oilers had um, had some we're, moves. We're one of the busiest teams to start NHL free agency. Probably the talk of the entire league, to be completely honest. Um, well, let's let's just get down to it. Let's get down to business, business and discuss the team. Our pair of abs are gone because. He saw Seattle. Adam Larson decided to leave the Oilers because he ended up signing a four-year, $16 million deal with the Seattle Kraken during the exclusive negotiation period. And apparently, Adam Larson was on vacation with Leon Dreisaitl and still signed with the Seattle Kraken. No, really? Apparently, this oh, is that's what, tough. I, what, I've, what, I've, what, I, what I've read. Um, so, not ideal um hold on what what's not ideal about the adam larson leaving to go to seattle is what's coming out afterwards about how he felt in edmonton that really like stung me as a fan um that that's what the fan base and that's what the organization made him feel so for those who aren't familiar with what i'm talking about or or aren't picking up on what i'm laying down uh adam larson kind of came out after he had signed in Seattle and they were talking about the money that he was offered in Edmonton and like why he didn't take it. And he's like, I never felt like I belong there after the Taylor Hall trade. He never felt like he lived up to the one for one, like price tag that came with getting dealt for Taylor Hall. And he said he never felt comfortable with the team. And that fucking kills me. That hurts me so much. Like makes me sad that that's what Oilers media and Twitter and fans did to him. Yeah, because he, he, t- he had a shit time in Edmonton with the passing of his dad and yeah. everything like that. Like, I, I don't imagine he's going to look back at that chapter of his life very fondly. Yeah. And I know that I know that a bunch of people are probably listening and be like, wow, wow, guys, um, 
Yeah. A little <laughs> ironic coming from you. Yes, for the first week of the season, Adam Larson was not good. He just he just wasn't he just wasn't, and that's that's perfectly okay for us to be able to say that he just he just he wasn't very good. Um, but he got it all together and was really good for the rest of the season. Um, but yeah, well, just, you it, you you issued a full on apology after you yeah. shit on him in an episode, like yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, like it just that was a fucking gut punch, man. It just like because it all started with Sarah Valley saying. I'm getting the growing suspicion Adam Larson's not coming back, and then that Tyson Berry is actually in the fold, and I'm like, what the hell? This is every bad thing that's coming to my mind is coming is coming forefront. This is not good. Um, and yeah, it ended up happening early in the morning, and uh, Frank Saravalli obviously uh, cucked the NHL and uh, told everybody that he was leaving. And it just sucks because he probably would have signed for the same amount of money in Edmonton. Yeah. And it's just first opportunity to go to Seattle, and that was it. Um, the same day of expansion, uh, it was reported that talks with Tyson Berry were back on and, uh, my heart immediately raced, uh, a million miles an hour. And then, uh, Mike Smith was closing in on an extension. Now, with that being said, we wanted Mike Smith back. We didn't, we, we, did. we did want Mike Smith back, but we did not <laughs> want Mike Smith back for two years at two, at $2.2 million. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> It's like it, you, we'll get to negotiations with Ken Holland very shortly, but I, just fucking why? Like two years, two fucking years. Like why? Oh my god! Like no. strictly based off of the year that Mike Smith had last season, did he deserve a new contract? Absolutely. But uh, yes, hundred percent. Again, why the term? Why the term and like even if they pay, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't get it. Too, especially because it's it's looking day by day. It's looking more and more like it's going to be a Koskinen and Smith tandem again. Did I? I feel like I brought that up in a previous episode where I said, "Imagine if it's a Koskinen and Smith combo again." I feel like I did. I might. I might not have. But it just. I just have. Yeah. I just. So, I just don't know. I just don't get it. <laughs> so I, I, I brought... So I'm going to bring you back to the mindset I was in the day of expansion because I was in a very negative space in my head. Oh, yeah. Um, so this move that I'm going to bring up, I was feeling very negative about it. And now, like I mentioned earlier, my comfort, my confirmation bias has really kicked in now. So I'm feeling a little bit better about it. But Inching closer to the expansion draft, it was reported that Zach Hyman was reaching an agreement with the Oilers on a seven-year deal at $5.5 million per, or eight years at f- at five, $5 million per, if Kyle Dubas and Ken Holland could reach a deal on a sign-and-trade. Now, the actual... Now, when that happened, I was losing my fucking mind, because I'm like, oh my god, we're signing... Zach Hyman to way too long of term. We're giving Mike Smith a second year. Tyson Berry is probably back. We don't have Adam Larson. Like, th- could this day get any? The sky worse? was falling. Uh, oh, a- absolutely! It was a straight up like Chicken Little, man. Um, and around the actual NHL draft itself, there was still the talk of a deal trying to happen, in which apparently Ken Holland offered Kyle Dubas a fifth round pick in order to get Zach Hyman signing rights to get him on a on an eight-year deal at $5 million per. Kyle Dubas wanted a second-round pick. 
and Kyle Dubson crack. So that didn't happen. And thank goodness because uh, Ken Holland actually negotiated on this and uh, it didn't happen. So thank goodness because then on the first day of free agency, Zach Hyman was signed to a seven-year, $38.5 million deal with the Edmonton Oilers. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Because I have the Zach Hyman breakdown, if you'd like. I do have some thoughts on Zach Hyman, and we've talked about it a little bit before. And I want to first and foremost say that I love Zach Hyman as a person and just seeing the interviews that he's done. And like he changed his like social media presence to say like Edmonton and had like blue and orange colors and stuff on his social media profiles. Like the dude is in. And he said, yeah, he's excited. Yeah, really he said, excited. as soon as it wasn't going to happen, I knew it wasn't going to happen in Toronto. I was like all aboard Edmonton. He brought his wife out for a trip, like everything like that. Like the dude is committed. He wants to be an oiler. That means so much to me and I love it and I'm happy. And I hope that Zach Hyman is a fantastic oiler. And I hope he gets a hundred points playing with Connor McDavid and gets an invite to the Olympics to be his Chris Kunitz. In a perfect world, that would be everything that I'd ever want. 29, 28 years old. He's never played a full season in terms of games played because he's had some pretty nasty little injuries, not little injuries, big, like legit injuries. Um, And that's terrifying on a seven-year term deal for a guy that plays as physical a game as he does. Yeah, so he he has he actually has played an eighty two game season. I think it was a couple of years ago, though. But you are correct; he is he has injury troubles. Um, so quick breakdown of Zach Hyman, though. Um, last year Hyman had thirty. Well, this past season Hyman had thirty three points in forty three games, including fifteen goals, which over an eighty two game pace would be twenty eight goals and sixty two points. The year before he had thirty seven points and twenty one goals in fifty one games which would come out to a 33-goal, 59-point pace over 82 games. Um, The good news with Zach Hyman is he's a player that has gotten much better over time. Um, And despite having a surgically repaired ACL, which he suffered in the 2019 um, Stanley Cup playoffs. Now... With that being said, surgical ACL or ACL repairs are not ideal because you're playing a sport where you get knocked around a bunch. With that being said, though, uh, I think I said with that being said twice, my bad. Um, ACL tears are not what they used to be, thank goodness, because players in all sports come back from ACL tears all the time. I mean, look at NFL football players. A guy can tear his ACL and still have a 10-year career out of it, right? So, um, But at the end of the day, the term is the worst part about this. Now, with that being said, I said it again, fuck. Um, like, this team needs to win. And this team needs to prove to Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisel that they want to win. And I started to sort of think about it, and I started to have it go through my mind. I'm like, okay, let me, let me, try, let me try and break this down. Let me try and not make myself anxious about it, okay? Because we talked about Gabriel Landeskog and about paying for elite talent. Gabriel Landeskog signed a seven-year deal, or sorry, sorry, signed an eight-year deal worth $7 million. When you really think about it, like, obviously Zach Hyman is not Gabriel Landeskog, but is he a million and a half and an extra year on that contract more than Zach Hyman? I don't know. I don't necessarily know. Like, Zach Hyman's a really good player. Like, he is a really, really, really good player. And I did end up doing some, like, 
trying to make myself feel better and watch some Zach Hyman highlights and watched a lot of his goals. And the one thing I have to give Zach Hyman credit for is the guy works his balls off. Um, four checks like a beast, man. And we're going to get to another guy that four checks like a beast as well. And you throw him on a line with Connor McDavid or even Leon Dreisaitl, and he's going to fly down the ice, fetch those loose pucks. And another thing is, too, around the net, the guy has hands. He's not like James Neal. He's not like Alex Chase on where he gets that puck on his stick and nothing happens. And it just, you think it's going to fly up to the section 200. Like, he, he is really good around the net. Um, so it does make me feel a little bit better. Well, once again, the term is terrifying, but I like the addition of Zach Hyman. A hundred percent. And I think the biggest thing about like you watching the Zach Hyman highlights, what I wanted to say is I watched a fair amount of the Leafs Canadians playoff series. And if there was anything that we took away as Oiler fans from that first round sweep, <laughs> sweeping at the hands of the Jets, it's that they need more tenacious players and players that can get to the dirty areas when, you know, the game when, when the room on the ice isn't at a premium like it is in the regular season. And Zach Hyman is a player that played pretty well in that series, I thought, and was doing the jobs that needed to be done, like fishing out pucks in the corners, forechecking, like you were saying, like just getting out there and making space so that the other guys on his line would have scoring chances. So to have somebody like that um, on a line with Connor McDavid come playoffs is going to, I think, be a huge advantage. And yeah, and he, at forward depth, good in his own end. Exactly, he's a good defensive player. Yeah. At forward depth is what the Oilers needed. They went out and added a tremendous amount of depth to their team by getting Zach Hyman and putting him on the top line. Cool. Yeah, the for the forwards look great, but it doesn't. <laughs> uh, the night before free agency opened, Bob McKenzie. Oh, by the way, I wanted to mention too, uh, Zach Hyman, published children's author. Yeah. Awesome. Andy, Andy Warhol, art owner. This, this, he, what a cool guy. What a neato dude. I And another cool thing, too, is he flew out to Edmonton to show his wife the city, and he flew out on his own dime. Oilers didn't, Oilers didn't charter a jet or anything. It was he flew out, wanted to check out the city, and he said he loved it, and that it was a place where he could raise his son. And that makes me really happy to hear. Welcome to Edmonton, Zach. We are happy to have you. Welcome to Edmonton, Zachary, as I do this little hat, hat tip to you. Howdy, Zachary. Howdy, Zach. Uh, the night before free agency opened, though, uh, Bob McKenzie. Who's fucking, uh, I love Bob McKenzie right now because he just, he pops out of nowhere just to break some news. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, let me it's put like down my margarita. It's like, it's like he's sitting on all this news and he's like, okay. I'm going to give Drager a little bit of time. I'm going to give Sarah Valley. I'm going to give him about three hours. If he's not reporting it, it's going out. And uh, yeah, he just came out of the woodwork and was like, hey, uh, by the way, the Oilers are closing in on a three-year deal with Tyson Berry. And I read that before I went to bed and I had trouble sleeping that night uh, <laughs> because uh, I, for some reason, I had a nightmare. Like, I'm not joking. I actually had a nightmare that Tyson Berry signed a three-year deal worth $7 million a year. Oh, my God. Um, but ultimately both sides came to an agreement on a three-year deal worth $13.5 million, which is $4.5 million per. Now, Tyson Mary led all defensemen in scoring with eight goals and 48 points in 56 games, which, as it stands, uh, would turn out to be a 12-goal, 70-point pace in 82 games. Um, while, putting it lightly, is a complete tire fire in his own end. Um, and fun fact about Tyson Berry, he is the first player to lead defensemen in scoring and not s- receive a single Norris vote. 
says a lot of says a lot about the term dumpster fire in your own end. Um, here's the thing about Tyson Berry. I followed him on Instagram for close to a year from the one for one account. Yep. And to put it likely to put it lightly, um, he's a bit of a hippie. There are pictures of him barefoot in the forest. Um, yep. Tyson Berry does not give a fuck what anyone thinks. Absolutely <laughs> gonna, not. And you know what, man? Like, it's losing Larson that makes that hurt more. Because now we don't have that steady defensive position, like this defensive player. Um, but the fact that it's going to be a Nurse Berry pairing again next year makes me physically sick to my stomach. And like... Tyson Berry can work on this team, but you have Evan Bouchard. This is what makes me so angry. Like, why? You have Evan Bouchard. Like, he, and now you're going to take power play opportunity away from Evan Bouchard, which, like, I know we do this whole, I know that us as fans do this whole thing where we tell ourselves that, like, a young rookie is probably better than, like, a 400 game veteran, but the, the numbers are there to back it up. The, the eye test is there to back it up. You throw Evan Bouchard on the power play, like, it's it's going to be stupid. And also, furthermore, if I hear anybody say, oh, well, you know, now you get to keep the league's best power play. Idiots, it was the league's best power play the season before with no Tyson Berry. Like, what the fuck? Like, I, the, what, what I will say, though, is I, I, I don't, and I, because uh, Tippett fucked us a little bit last year with this. I don't think that, uh, that Barry State like finishes on that power play one. I think that with the opportunity that Evan Bouchard's going to have five on five, he's going to eventually he's going to work himself in there. He's going to play himself in there. See, and- if you if the numbers in the eye test are there, it's only a matter of time before he starts to do it, and we're going to see a tweet in late November that says Evan Bouchard taking power play one reps at practice, and then he'll be slid in by Christmas. Yeah. And the okay, so we we will get to the other we'll get to the other thing um, with how I kind of imagine deployment. Um, but adding to the fun and adding to the freak show, uh, it was reported the Oilers were in on defenseman Cody Cece, and guess what? Uh, they signed him. Cece and the Oilers came together on a four-year deal worth thirteen million dollars. You heard that correctly, four years. Uh, we had three point two five million dollars per. Now, I wrote this in here. Uh, Cody Cece is a very fascinating player, to say the least. Uh, First round pick by Ottawa in 2012. Uh, Very highly touted when he came in. He was uh, played for the Ottawa 67s. He was born in Ottawa. He was a hometown kid. Uh, He spent six seasons with the Senators, hovering around that sort of 20-point marker for most of those seasons. And then he had a horrendous stint in Toronto and then had a pretty good season last year in Pittsburgh uh, in a very limited role, playing about 18 minutes a game. Uh, ended up having 17 points in 53 games, so kind of around that 26-point pace, and that was without any power play time. That was all five-on-five, and and from all accounts, was pretty good in his own end and was a nice little steady presence. The problem with it is that there are two different sort of trains of thought, is that when you speak to some people, they would tell you that he took on, like, that he can shut down like another team's top top line. Um, considering he was like the C option for Adam Larson, I would say probably not. Um, but then there's a lot of other people that say uh, he kind of played against a very much low quality of, com- of competition. So uh, 
it, it, it does not make me feel too, too, too good. Uh, but he's at a 27-year-old defenseman. He's six foot two, 210 pounds with a right shot. I think that kind of says everything you need to know about Cody CC right there. Also kind of a cutie too, so I'll give him credit there. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a handsome dude. I just, four years, man. Like, if it would have been like a two-year deal worth like $2 million, I'm in. I'm totally in. I'm all in on Cody CC. But you better hope that Tippett had, like, the, the management and Tippett better have this genius plan of how this is all going to work. Because you better hope that Duncan Keith, oh, by the way, remember, we have Duncan Keith. Uh, like, you better hope that he finds the fountain of youth and they can both play like 20 minutes a game and that they are amazing. Because as it stands right now, you brought up, you brought up, you. <coughs> You brought up the wins above replacement chart. I know exactly what you're talking about, and that's a model very famously, uh, very famously uh, advertised by Jay Fresh Hockey. Uh, he ran the numbers on uh, the pairings that um, we're looking at, and um, it's uh, it's it's not good. Um, and with that being said, Miles, how many? How many, how many right-handed defensemen do we now have on the roster? Um, depends if we're talking, if we're counting about. We're talking the, pre, uh, pre that thing. Uh, I don't know. It's like, it's like six. One, two, three, four. Fuck! We can't have four right-handed shots on the uh, roster. That, that's what, what you were. That, do? That's what you were setting me up for. What are you gonna do, Nolan? Oh, I don't know. What are, What are they gonna do? Are they? They're not gonna trade Ethan Bear, right? No, no, that'd be crazy. No, they fucking wouldn't do that. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers traded Ethan Bear to the Carolina Hurricanes for Warren Fogle. Uh, you just heard that. You just heard the creak from my chair. I think. Um, Warren Fogle, a 25 year old winger, had 10 goals and 20 points in 53 games last year for the Hurricanes in a third line role. Uh, very responsible on both ends of the ice. A, 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 a four checking freak. Like I mentioned before about Zach Hyman, you're gonna see that you're gonna see that again with Warren Fogle. Then they proceeded to tie to sign him to a three-year deal uh, worth 8.25 million dollars, so that's about 2.75 million dollars per year. How you trade Ethan Bear is, I, I it just makes me so angry considering Ken Holland had this press conference beforehand and talked about like the importance of having youth on your roster and having guys that are making less money and all this other bullshit. And you're like, okay, yeah. Um, and, and it just, once again, shows that this team doesn't put any, any, like any thought into analytics because I don't know how you can say that, that the pairing of nurse bear didn't work. Like, I don't, I, I don't get it. I do not get it whatsoever. And if you want to chalk it up to like, oh, this guy had a bad season, um, so you know we want to do it before he has a decline. Well, guess what, you fucking idiots! You just did that with Duncan Keith. So, and it just, it just, it, it just. I, as soon as I heard that 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 Ethan Bear was going to be traded and he's going to Carolina, I'm thinking to myself, okay, like, like. Don Waddell has kind of lost his mind a little bit, or maybe it's Tom Dundon. Tom Dundon's the owner, and then Don Waddell is the GM. Maybe, maybe they lost their minds. Maybe they're gonna do like, because like my sicko brain thought was like, holy fuck, are they gonna make a move for like Andrei Svechnikov or something? Uh, obviously not. <laughs> that would be silly. And then they brought up Warren Fogle. 
And I'm like, hey, Warren Fogle's a really good player. What else are we going to get? Nothing. The trade was one, one for, for one. one. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it, this, okay, so last off, like, remember our first episode, Nolan, where we talked about the youth movement and the defensive prospects and the safety nets and depth that we had in the span of span of a fucking month he got rid of caleb jones and ethan bear essentially dismantling that depth and also um those were the only two um picks from the 2015 draft that were remaining besides the first overall pick so Ah! It's great. It's it's great in Orlerville. I I love I love when we develop defensemen and then when they don't reach, um, when they aren't the uh, in quotations everyday player like some of these bullshit coaching staffs put together. It, it, like, and it's it's it fucking pisses me off because once again it's asset management. It's the lack of asset management, man. I love Warren Fogel. I'm really excited he's going to be an Edmonton Oiler. And his name, like his uh, Twitter handle is Fogdaddy96. Like, kind of cool, right? Like, this guy did, like, definitely, this guy has very major, like, Bud Light Seltzer buddy vibes. Which yeah, th- this this guy drinks beers. Definitely. Seems like a cool dude. He's a big boy, too. He's, like, six foot two, like, 200 pounds or something like that. And he's good. And he's really fast. Like, a guy that... I mean, realistically speaking, like this guy could really get into the top six because he there was a rumor that he requ- that he requested a trade from Carolina, and yada yada yada. Like, who knows? Warren Folko could very well come in and be like he could be that guy where we expect Zach Hyman to be the one that's going to score, you know, sixty five seventy points on Connor McDavid's line. Who knows? Maybe Warren Fogel could be that guy. Like yeah. we 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 never know. And but he- you lost the trade. Just based off of assets. Um. Okay. Devil's advocate here for a second. We just talked about it coming out of the sweep to the Jets. What was the Oilers' kryptonite in the playoffs? And it was forward depth. Mm-hmm. They needed to add depth to their forwards, and I feel like the only way you were going to do that was by giving up a piece. The fact that he gave up Bear, I could have lived with if the return was more right the, yeah, the, like one, the in like a second yeah like the one the one for one side to that is disgusting like especially two seasons removed ethan bear was the up-and-coming defenseman that was gonna save the oilers and he played so well with uh with darnell nurse like i i just it blows my mind that he gave him up for nothing i'm really or not for nothing for one guy um i just i really hope I hope Ethan Bear has a great career, but I hope that this trade doesn't come back and bite us in the ass like a Jeff. This is literally, I feel like this is the Jeff Petrie trade again. And it's just, it sucks too, because it's like the timing of it, you know, the, he gets this bullshit, racist fucking abuse online. And then right after that, it's like gone. And the, the, he's a role model for indigenous youth. And it's just, it, this was our guy like this was our this was our like this this was like a fan favorite yeah and you know we bring up this whole zach hyman is gonna become a fan favorite we fucking had that just fucking like yeah that's the that's the other side of it too man is that like especially with the in like the the work that uh ethan bear does for the indigenous community indigenous community being in northern alberta is a great place to do that where he can actually be somebody who's going to 
be a champion for like effective change. And I mean, it's obviously a lot more difficult for, you know, kids from Saskatchewan and Northern Alberta to go to games in Carolina than it is to go to games in Edmonton. So that's really, that's tough to see as well. That's something I didn't really think about was the, the effects of that, but uh, yeah, the, the timing of the the comments then getting shipped out is is very very shitty, very very poor look for the for the Oilers as well. The thing that doesn't make sense too is like, literally, you could have still signed Cody Cece, but why are you bringing Tyson Berry back? Like, because if it, if the discussion is like, oh, we can't have too many guys that are undersized. Okay, f- f- fine. Like, you're gonna have Evan Bouchard who's like six two. You're gonna have Cody Cece who's six three. Like, just move on from Tyson Berry. Now, thank God Tyson Berry was signed to, like, what we would probably call a discount. But at the same time, it's like, was it that they, like, nobody's willing to offer him anything more than $4.5 million? Because that could very well be it, right? Right. So, like, I like Tyson Berry, and I know there was a there was a point where, like, I remember being being an advocate for, like, hey, let's trade Ryan Nugent Hopkins for Tyson Berry back when he was in his, like, sick Colorado days. Like, and it, it does seem like he's a nice guy, but I just, just trading Ethan Bear is just, it, it's just, I, I, I hate it so much. Ethan Bear, Darnell Nurse. Nurse Bear was a fantastic pairing, and the fact that we've been robbed of that is extremely disappointing. Mm-hmm extremely yeah. unsettling and it's hard it's hard to deal with um yeah uh to make ourselves feel better uh the oilers have 1.5 million dollars left in ltir space um to re-sign kyler yamamoto and they were talking about wanting to bring in another left shot defenseman um how you're gonna do that i have no idea uh, and there are still some dominoes to fall yeah um, they were in on Darcy Kemper, which the rumored deal was like Koskinen a first and uh, a prospect. I would assume it was probably Dmitry Samarukov, and that is what Columbus was asking for Eunice Corpusalo. Which is thank insane. God they which didn't do that because insane. holy fuck. Um, but they were opened by Colorado, and you know what? I gotta say, Arizona got a really good, really good package for for uh, for Darcy Kemper. Got a first in Connor Timmons, and Connor Timmons rules. Really good, really good defenseman. I think uh, that guy's gonna be a top four defenseman and like mainstay for a while. Yeah, him um, and him and Checkern on the point together is gonna be pretty, pretty yeah. sweet to see going forward. And the I wanted to bring this up too because this was uh, apparently this was on Thirty One Thoughts a little bit earlier today, um, but. It looks, um, I think it was Jeff Merrick there. Um, Elliot Friedman said he does not think that it's going to be Koskinen and Smith. As it stands right now, it is. But he thinks that there's going to be something different. And Jeff Merrick said he thinks it's good, that our opening night starter is going to be Anton Hudobin. Huh. How that happens, I have no uh, idea. I, I don't I mean, want that. <laughs> I, I can say that. I if I, I can't remember how long is left on his deal, but if it's like a one year deal left on Hudobin, I'm down for it because it's like anything is, is like a, anything is a, better. Yeah, just to do something a little bit different. Um, I still do think though that the wild card in this situation might be Ilya Konovalov, because um, he's coming over, and it would be really cool if we had just this like Russian stud that comes over and is really good in his rookie season. He doesn't even go to the A. Yeah. You never know. You never know. Um, but I mean, 
once again, you need young talent to perform. And I swear to God, if Dave Tippett does not play any of his young talent, I'm going to be furious because what's the point? Like, yeah, I, I'm really excited for camp to see Raphael Lavoie and uh, Savoy and Dylan Holloway, <laughs> like all those guys yeah. come out and ball. And I think that it's going to be a really interesting camp where, you know, some of those young guys might play themselves in Tyler Benson, even get to see him come up and, and try something out with, uh, with his buddy. Maybe they can form a line. It'd be really nice. Yeah. Do they still have and... Cooper or did Cooper Marodi go? Nope, Cooper Marodi is still there. Uh, he did not elect for arbitration, I think. So I think that probably means that he's going to be back on like a one-year, like nine hundred and seventy-five grand contract. So I really hope that that one of those guys gets called up. If if not, though, I mean that Bakersfield squad is going to be stupid. <laughs> like, oh my! If they don't want to call the cop, like that, that's that's problematic to say the least. Um, So, we made a little bit of a mistake. Um, we forgot to bring up a pretty key signing from the other day. Uh, Whoopsie-daisy, because thank, th- thank goodness Miles texted me about this, but um, we forgot to talk about the Derek Ryan signing. Um, the Oilers, on that same free agency day, signed 34-year-old Derek Ryan from the Calgary Flames to a two-year contract worth 1.65 or... million dollars um and like i gotta be honest i'm pretty jazzed about it and i think miles is too um a deal that actually doesn't look too 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 bad uh for both sides uh derek ryan gets a little bit of security and the oilers get a third line center well it, it might be debatable whether or not he's a third or fourth line center, but it gives you that it gives you that flexibility that you can have Ryan McLeod uh, playing either role. And if it's one of those things where Ryan McLeod is ready to come up and ready to play that bigger role, then he can flip flop with Derek Ryan. But overall, really like the move. Spoke to uh, resident uh, friend of the show, Flames fan Kyle, about this, uh, and he is not very happy that uh, Derek Ryan is an Edmonton Oiler, and he had nothing but positive things to say about Derek Ryan. So, very, very, very excited about Derek Ryan, and we're looking forward to shouting his name at the top of our lungs, and, uh, oh, by the way, right-handed, right-handed center, and also, I mean, the guy is 34, and he's only been in the league for, like, six years, seven years, six years. I, I, don't, I don't know at this point. But, like, six years, like that, that's what a story. And that's a guy you want to root for. Former former University of Alberta Golden Bear? Yeah. Yeah, I got it. I got, I got, I got, I got my shit wire tight, okay? Uh, so that's that. And uh, back to the show. Now, uh, the last thing I wanted to mention on the Oilers, Darner, down. Oh, can't even say his name. Darnell Nurse extension talks are underway, and I don't know if you've been paying attention to this at all, Miles. Um, I, ha- I have, and it's I have, and it's kind of scary. Did you see the news today? No. Get ready for this. Strap yourself in. They're talking an eight-year deal worth nine million dollars a year. I says pardon. I really like Darnell Nurse. 
nine million dollars a year a year they can't yeah it's fucking crazy you can't you can't do that like no sign ken holland into a insane asylum if he does that he's drunk i mean like i i understand you see him as like your core but if you're signing him to eight years it should be at a discount you, if you're signing him to four yes. years fine i can understand your nine million dollars yeah what is it is it 12 million dollar defenseman taking a hometown discount like yeah like what the fuck it, like i don't get it like it, like mcdavid is the only one that took it nuge nuge took a discount to stay like i i, I, I don't get it with these guys man yeah like, that's selfish that's yeah. selfish if that's what nurse wants to be completely that's, honest if that's with the you. case like if that's the case like my personal opinion if he's asking for nine million dollars let him fucking walk i know mcdavid won't be too too happy and i wanted to mention this earlier but apparently mcdavid was like very much wanted the oilers to bring back barry and stuff which um i understand that your superstar should have say in things um but you should also have the balls to say to your superstar hey connor um uh, Tyson Berry wasn't very good last year, so like, sorry, like we have to put our assets into different things. Uh, yeah. So, why don't, why don't we? There's another one. Cracked another beer, Nolan. Why don't we? I think I think that's enough Oilers talk for today. It is. Um, do you want to move on to some more fun NHL stuff? Some more fun. Yeah. Let's laugh yeah. at some other teams. Yeah, let's make fun of some other teams. How about our favorite? Do you want to start with our favorite punching bag? Is it's it not the- in, it's not in the order that you have. But um, would would you like to start with the Vancouver Canucks? Oh yeah, let's do it. Because there's nothing like some good Canucks shit talking to uh, <laughs> to really to really get the fire going. So last season, uh, Vancouver had this plan to make their team better, and it was getting Nate Schmidt on defense, it was getting Braden Holpe, and it was getting uh, Jake Furtanen. So this offseason, naturally, um, they traded Nate Schmidt, bought out Holpe, and bought out Bertanen. Yeah. And had another little fun move going on. What did they do, Noel? No whistle. <laughs> they traded uh, They traded Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, and Anton Roussel. Wow. They covered a $12 million in cap space there. Jeez. Fucking, wow. Good job, Jim Benning. That's round of, round of applause for you. Uh the ninth overall pick, oh, that's 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 a pretty high pick there, Jim, uh, which was used to select uh, Dylan Gunther, uh, who is uh, Edmonton Oil King, uh, very nice little prospect, uh, a 22 second round pick, a 23 seventh round pick to the Coyotes for Connor Garland. Wow, that's a that's a really good player. That like and that's that's a really nice little player, and they they signed him to a really nice contract. You know, really nice tidy little work. What's that? What, what else did they get? No, they no, no, they didn't. No, they they took on Oliver Ekman Larson. Six more years at seven point two million dollars because Arizona held back some salary. And you know what? I initially, uh, I, 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 you know. You, when you're running a franchise, you have to have a you have to have a a a a, a great steering wheel that doesn't fly off while you're driving. <laughs> but this 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 move was sneaky. Oliver Ekman Larson is set to be the tenth highest paid defenseman defenseman in the NHL next year at eight point two five million dollars. 
He is behind Miro Heiskanen, Alex Pitarangelo, Kale McCarr, Douglas Hamilton, Roman Yossi, Seth Jones, Zach Werninski. How do you say it? Werninski. Werninski, Drew Doughty, and Eric Carlson. Interesting list in the top 10, to say the least. He plays like a number four defenseman, maybe number five. He's not good. He's cooked. Um, Very bad. Very, very bad for for Vancouver fans. I'm very sorry that that's what you're experiencing, Um, especially then trading Nate Schmidt away. Probably one of your defensive mainstays. (laughs) Like, that fucking hurts, man. Like, they cleared $12 million in cap space only to take on $12 million, including a fucking boat anchor of a contract. You've like, heard of the ter- you've heard of the term money in money out, hey? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what it's money in money in money in. This is money in money in, my friend. Um, Simple zero, it cancels out. Oh, by the way, uh, they still have to re-sign uh, Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes. Smile, <sighs> smiling Canucks. Please, uh, I, the things I would do for a Elias Pettersson offer sheet. Oh. <laughs> Can fucking like can, can like Seattle just jump in and sign him sign Elias Pettersson to like fucking eight or seven years a bajillion dollars just to be yeah. like see you later. <laughs> um, speaking of teams that made some weird moves, uh, the Flyers uh, went completely insane. Um, after trading for uh, uh, Mister Ryan Ellis, which we both said was a pretty good move, they traded Shane Gostaspear, which. The analytics community loves. I am totally on the side of people that don't like Shane Gossespear because I, I, I've watched Shane Gossespear. I do not like Shane Gossespear. I don't think he's a very good player. Um, a second-round pick and a seventh uh, for um, Faradust, really, more than anything, uh, only for them to go on and move a first, a third, and Robert Hag for... Rasmus <laughs> Who, by all metrics, um, may, may, like, might be the worst defenseman in the league? Maybe. Uh, like, I don't mean to sound. I don't mean to sound mean. I, I really don't. But uh, it's just ugh, that's just not. Especially trading a first, it's just not not a good idea. Now, with that being said, he could very well be better because he's not playing in Buffalo anymore. But I don't know. That's like people. People thought that maybe bringing down his minutes, he would be better. Um, but believe it or not, they brought down his minutes, and he actually got worse. So that's not good. Uh, and then they followed that up by trading longtime star Jakub Voracek for Cam Atkinson straight up. Um, now this one I can kind of defend a little bit because you're 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 taking on like less cap hit per per year and Cam Atkinson is more of a finisher and I don't think the Flyers have enough of those like snipers on the team. I don't think they have enough guys with like wicked shots. Um and apparently Voracek was just kind of like I think it's been coming for a while that Voracek was going to be traded, but I don't know some 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 weird 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 moves, man, but I the Trading a, a fucking positive assets for Rasmus Ristolainen is just like a third. I could maybe understand. Like it's like, oh, you're getting this big right-handed defenseman, but boy, that's a just just not a very good player. Well, I was gonna say it about, uh, and I want to double check here before I get my foot in my mouth. But I was gonna say about Tyler Benson. Like we we almost have to stop calling him a prospect. 
at this point because of yeah. how long he's been in the system. And like with Rasmus Ristolainen, uh, like I think they're from pretty close to the same vintage. Like he's not a young buck anymore. Yeah, he's 26. Like, exactly. Like putting up, like you said, the, the positive assets that they traded for him is fucking crazy. I got a buddy who's a Flyers fan. He listens to the show sometimes. Shout out Remus Winston, and I was talking to him a little bit about it. And he, I don't know, he he was kind of, he kind of did the what we do when you don't really be want to talk about something. Yeah. And he was just like, "Yeah, you know, we'll see what happens." And it's just like you know, he's tired of getting this question asked to him. Yeah, he's just like, fucking over it. Um. Another, uh, another. This is probably a more of a smaller move, but like a move I really wanted the Oilers to make, and it made me really angry because like Ken Holland is like making these stupid moves, and he could make these like small little smart moves. Um, St. Louis Blues acquired Pavel Buchnevich, a winger from the Rangers, who is really good uh, at both ends of the ice, and like is a goal scorer. And if you played him with Connor McDavid, could probably score like forty goals a season. Who knows? Yeah. Um, talk to. Fr- uh, friend of the show Connor Rogers about this and he was not too happy about this um, but they acquired uh, Pavel Buchnevich from the Rangers for a steal of Sammy Blay and a second round pick yeah shout out another another fan of the show shout out uh, Korea Nick um, he posted he uh, retweeted oh, yeah. quote, quote, that yeah. and then it was just a meme of a South Park, or a Simpsons character drinking cyanide yeah 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 he uh I think yeah he did that as well for the oh by the way I wanted to mention this um they also acquired Ryan Reeves which is f- yes insane from the from the from the Golden Knights we're gonna get I was gonna get to this when we talked about the Golden Knights um doing their like housekeeping or their fucking renovations as I might call it like did you hear what apparently he said um, to the Rangers when they were talking about trading for him? He's like, I'm the answer to your Tom Wilson problems. So season opener, shout out a little, little, uh, little throwback to our discussion about the uh, um, season schedule release. The Capitals open their season against the Rangers. So I'm expecting Ryan Reeves and Tom Wilson at center ice for puck drop to start the year. Let's fucking go. Also, it finally got finished since we last talked about it. Um, but uh, Barkley Goudreau got signed for three point six times six mil times six years. Sorry. Uh, so Chris Drury's drinking as well. Yes, uh, that's a that's that's a tough one. And also, once again, Ken Holland couldn't send him Zach Cassian for a pick. Like, come on, man. Come on, man. I'm starting to think uh, Ken Holland's not even picking up the. F- I'm not. He's not even calling these guys. If they, mm. if some of the, if if that's what some of these guys are going for, he's not even making offers. Oh, don't you fucking wait! I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna meme it up pretty shortly here. Um, now, ranch it up. Yeah. Um. So let's uh let's let's move let's move on to this uh to this other one. Um. <laughs> well, Miles, the Chicago Blackhawks. They sure think that they're Stanley Cup contenders. Lamau. Lamau. Um, in a move that could potentially be the worst contract in the NHL, the Chicago Blackhawks acquired defenseman Seth Jones from the Columbus Blue Jackets, the 32nd overall pick, so the late first, uh, which was Nolan Allen, a 22-7th for prospect Adam Bulkvist. <laughs> not prospect NHL defenseman Adam Boquist. <laughs> yeah. Um who who by who by um underlying metrics was actually better than uh Mr. uh Seth Seth Jones. Um Seth. the 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 12th overall pick 
um, uh, which was Cole Sillinger, son of uh, son of NHL suitcase Mike. Um, shout out Mike Sillinger. Apparently, my dad and him fought in high school. Um, the forty fourth overall pick, which was Ale- Alexi Himosami. I do not know anything about him, so sorry. And a twenty three first over or sorry first round pick <laughs> first overall that would be crazy um was it 23 or 27 no it might have been i sorry it was probably actually a 22nd first first round pick um which um the 22nd the 22 draft has like a lot of really good prospects so i'd maybe be, i'd maybe suggest not trading first round picks um just a just a thought i don't know maybe um so yeah, they did that, um, and then uh, I don't know if you uh, I don't know if you were reading the notes, Miles, and maybe cracked yourself or if I if I cracked you up at all because I I sure cracked myself up writing this. Um, but they uh, they uh, proceeded to dock their ship with an eight year, seventy six million dollar contract worth nine and a half million dollars per year. You know, dock their ship because uh, dock their ship is funny. Yeah, thank you. I I, I appreciate that. Um, which puts him to be, I believe, the third highest paid defenseman in the NHL. Um, yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's not very good, um, because uh, Seth Jones is like the ultimate eye test versus analytics debate guy. Um, a lot of eye test guys are like, oh yeah, oh yeah, fucking Seth Jones is like a number one defenseman. He's like basically like Scott Stevens 2.0. Or he's like Chris Pronger. It's like, not really. <laughs> um, Dude, Seth Jones is only good because people say that he's good. And because you he plays act- like 100 minutes a game. Yeah, if you actually watch Seth Jones play, like he's actually kind of a shitty skater without the puck. Yeah, like, he's, he's not. He has, has terrible awareness. Like his, his his feet are cinder blocks. Like his pivoting onto a back, like into the back check is not like is as good as mine. And I'm a horrendous skater. Probably Sorry, still better than be mine. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm a, 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 probably a little bit better than mine. And I'm, I, I'm a fucking atrocious skater is, is what I am. They also acquired Mark Andre Fleury from the Vegas golden Knights for literally an extra set of dice to use at Caesar's palace. Um, so nothing. Um, they also took on the Tyler Johnson contract, which was five years, uh, or sorry, five million with three years left. Tyler Johnson isn't a bad player. It's more of Tampa just could not get rid of him, and uh, they sent the Tyler Johnson. Or they sent Tyler Johnson and a second to Tampa uh, for the corpse of Brent Seabrook. So uh, that's the, <laughs> once again another piece of the uh, dynasty Blackhawks gone. Uh, because uh, Tampa's just going to LTIR them, and they just uh, move on from that $5 million and wipe themselves clean. Um, yeah. Marc-Andre Fleury, though. Like, Marc-Andre Fleury is a good pickup. I really like Marc-Andre Fleury, and I think that what Tam- or what Vegas did to him was dirty. Do you want to oh, get yeah. to the Vegas discussion? Vegas, like, it, it, yeah, do you want to? I would like that. I think it just goes back to um, that tweet that his agent had of him getting stabbed in the back like by, yeah. the, by the Vegas front front office and I think that's exactly what happened um sounds like he wasn't consulted on the trade or anything like that and they just kind of did what they wanted to do there in Vegas so uh, and unfortunate that that's what happened to Marc-Andre Fleury it sounds like everybody that like plays with him speaks very highly of him says that he's an awesome guy so 
I don't understand why two organizations have kind of shit on him. I think that he's like, I, I don't think that he's like loved by management, but he's loved by players, if that makes sense. Because Pittsburgh kind of did him similarly. Um, so he's, he's two for two. Yeah, I think it's, I think it, to be fair though, I do think it's two completely different situations because with Pittsburgh, it was, he just wasn't good anymore and they had a young Matt Murray. Um, whereas with Vegas, it's more of like, there, there's this growing problem with Vegas and you kind of hear about it from a couple of the insiders that are starting to sort of say like, players are starting to talk about this shit. Like, it seems like they have a player for two years. It's like the hot free agent. And then all of a sudden they're nothing to Vegas anymore. So the fact that they just kind of moved him for nothing after he just won a Vesna uh, is a little a, a little problematic, if you will. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I don't I think that you're going to start alienating a lot of players. And like we previously mentioned, they traded Ryan Reeves to the Rangers for a third. I think that's a pretty good trade for Vegas because like Ryan Reeves, he's a fighter, but he's not like a good player, really. And you got a pretty decent pick for him. And then they acquired $5 million of uh, Evgeny Dadnov, who is, like, a fine player, had a terrible season in Ottawa for Nick Holden in a third. So, like, as much as everybody kind of joked about it, like, I think there's something there. I think they're doing something, like something big. Well, we haven't talked about uh, the about elephant the, in the room. About the curly-haired fuck that hasn't been yeah. traded yet? Yeah, and I think that that's what they're preparing for because they haven't addressed their center issue uh, through free agency. So there's only one other way that you're going to do that, and that is via trade. So I don't know. I think that through all that, Vegas just moved up in my rankings of the Jack Eichel sweepstakes. Yeah, as much as I hate to say it. Um, Which is nasty that yeah. we're going to have him in a division with Connor McDavid. That's fucking we gross. We might. We might. And we won't say he will. Maybe he might. But uh, then again, maybe he will. <laughs> uh, so we'll we'll get to a little bit of Jack Eichel. We're almost we're almost out of here. Um, I I know I told you this was gonna be a big one. This is a very 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 big one. Uh, uh, Florida is just getting they're just good, man. Like they re-signed all of their guys, which could be a little bit problematic because they signed a bunch of one-year guys last year and then they hit, so they gave them like almost all four-year extensions, like Anthony Duclair and. Uh, Carter Verhage and Sam Bennett. Um, then they acquired Sam Reinhart from the Sabres for a 2022 first and Devin Levi, who um, goalie expert, goalie expert Miles. Um, what do you think of Devin Levi? Well, for, for those of you wondering, well, Devin Levi, that's a name that sounds very familiar. Where do I, where do I know that from? Well, Devin Levi was the goaltender for the Canadian world junior team this past season. Um, I think he's very good, and the fact that he was a Florida prospect is speaking volumes to the Roberto Luongo goaltending school of excellence that he's developed down in Florida. Like that's another top tier goalie prospect that they have on top of, you know, the carousel of three guys that they had last year. So shout out to Florida; they know what's going on down there. Um, Devin Levi going to Buffalo makes me sad <laughs> because I don't particularly like his chances there. Um, it's pretty tough for a young goalie that's promising to see that many um, grade A scoring chances every game that Buffalo is going to feed up. And especially with losing Allmark to free agency to, to Boston, I think that they're probably going to be rushing Levi in Buffalo and that's not good for him either. So a guy that 
was a very promising prospect, still is a very promising prospect, just went from a great situation to, well, maybe not great because he was behind a number of guys, but he went from a very good uh, situation to a, a rather poor situation. So hoping um, Dustin Tukarski can teach a lot to Devin Levi. They, uh, the Sabres also have, as a goaltending prospect, my favorite name in the NHL. Ukopeka Lukadin. <laughs> Favorite, best name, best name in the NHL. Um, that great. But now the Florida Panthers have the top three of the, or sorry, the three of the top four picks from the 2014 NHL entry draft. Aaron Ekblad, Sam Reinhart, Sam Bennett. Miles, who is the fourth player? Was it Seth Jones in that draft? No. No. Oh, it's Leon. There you go. Yeah. Leon, the third. And I don't, I don't think they're going to be getting him. I don't yep. think they're going to be getting him. Hopefully not. Definitely not. I mean, you never know. It's fucking Ken Holland. Uh, Spencer Knight. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, just a couple of free agency things, and then we're, like I said, we're almost out of here. Um, the, okay. Couple, uh, so the, the Douglas Hamilton sweepstakes are over. He signed with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, to a seven-year contract worth $63 million, so that's $9 million per year. You know, for a guy like Dougie Hamilton, I think $9 million is pretty fair. Um, they don't have any big contracts on their books. It's going to be a little bit tough to squeeze everything in once all their younger guys are going to start to get paid, but I think that's just a, a smart move by a smart team, and I like. I know that, we, that you and I were talking about this in our uh, shout-out second dose group chat, but the Devils could be like, feisty this season and then i think and, i think they're making playoffs the year after i think for sure yeah they're gonna get they're gonna be nasty pretty quick i think next year they're gonna surprise a lot of people like you yeah. said and then ne- and then the year after that it's gonna be like all steam ahead for for the new jersey Devils. so good for them for being able to build that core back up from their stanley cup run against the rangers and it's taken a little while but it seems to be paying off pretty well yeah and like they're uh the like the, the fact that they were able to, uh, like, they did what I wanted the Oilers to do when the Oilers were, like, really, 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 really stinky, which was, like, when they had, like, Everly and Hall all, like, being rookies, is, like, just fucking spend the money. Go spend the money and go get a really good player. Like, why not? If the guy's willing to come here, then just fucking do it. Anyways. Uh, then, uh, finally, the Seattle Kraken. Uh, I wanted to just touch on, like, a couple of signings. Uh Oh, and another one I just wanted to bring up, too, uh, because it kind of relates to Dougie Hamilton. Uh, The Carolina Hurricanes are completely insane. They signed Freddie Anderson, uh, let Peter Mrazek go, they let Dougie Hamilton go, and uh, they signed Tony D'Angelo. Anthony D'Angelo, as he likes to be called. We do not like this. This is not ideal. I do not like this. I do not like Ethan Bear in the same fucking locker room as that psychopath. Yeah, that makes it even tougher pill to swallow. Yep, exactly. that he went to that he went to Carolina. Stinky. Um, I hope I hope Tony I hope Tony D'Angelo is on his best fucking behavior and doesn't touch a single strand of hair on the head of our young young man Ethan. If um if you dare say anything mean to Ethan Bear, Tony D'Angelo, you have the one for one seal of approval that you'll get a fucking knuckle sandwich the next time you enter Edmonton. 
Hey, whoa, knuckle sandwich. Yeah. Get out of here. There's no fucking pastrami on these knuckle sandwiches. Um, <laughs> well, that was a good one. Uh, that was uh, a good one. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Seattle Kraken signed a couple pieces in Alex Wenberg. Three years, $13.5 million, so about $4.5 million per. Jaden Schwartz, a guy that I wouldn't have mind the Oilers to look at. Five years, $27.5 million. Also, uh, shout out Notre Dame. Philip Grubauer, six years, $35.4 million. Um, yeah, I, I don't really get what Seattle was doing. Like, I mean... I like Jaden Schwartz, but like that's not you're not moving the needle with that. <laughs> I don't get it. And I don't get why Jaden Schwartz would do it. It's like, do you want to go win your second Stanley Cup, buddy? Because I don't think you're doing it in Seattle anytime soon. He just really likes clam chowder. I mean, you never know. He could be like he, he's he's gonna be laughing in our faces when he's getting fed by Shane Wright and he's scoring fifty goals a season. Yeah, there you go. That's all part of the ma- Ron France's master plan. Uh. We talked about a number of guys today, Nolan, a number of fellas that are off the market. Um, We still have a few notable names that are out there, available. Um, Names like Thomas Tatar, Vladimir Tarasenko, Casey Kazikis, Travis Zajac, Kyle Palmieri, Zach Parisi, Tyler Bozak, Ryan Murray, Alex Jason, Ryan Donato, Devin Dubnik, and Jack Eichel. Yeah, there's still there's there's still a lot of dominoes to fall, especially with the Jack Eichel situation. Because um, I did yeah. be honest, I was not prepared enough, but I know that there was something released by his uh, by his by his agency or by his yeah. team not so long ago. I read that statement, and it's essentially that like it's similar. I don't want to say similar because it isn't really. Uh, Buffalo doesn't want him to get a like a disc surgery done on yeah. his back that he's supposed to be getting and like they've gone to um third-party doctors to get recommendations and the doctors are saying that he should get it so they're like why isn't buffalo like handling this player's injury seriously like we ex- and then the last line was we expect jack to be traded in the next few weeks yeah. like it's like we're fucking done like they they severed the ties they slammed the door absolutely um, I do so think I, I, I was going to say it's similar to the Tarasenko thing, except yeah. that Tarasenko's were botched surgeries and Buffalo's just like not letting him get the surgery or doesn't want their team doctor to do the surgery, which seems kind of ridiculous. Like if a yeah. player has a, has a slip disc in their neck, that's affecting their ability to play NHL hockey. You should get that procedure done immediately, especially when it's Jack Eichel, but you know, what I've been Sa- thinking. Saber's going to Saber. You know, who's a little too quiet. A little just they're just really, really, really quiet and I don't like it. Minnesota? Calgary? No. The team I mentioned earlier in this uh little list here. The Islanders are a little too quiet. You think they're saving up a little well, yeah, I guess they would be saving. They they're pretty much gonna bring back Sazika, Zajac, and Palmieri and they'll they'll bring on Zach Parise. It's almost confirmed. Yeah. From his days with Lou. So why have they not been signed yet? That's where I'm coming from is like, are they thinking to themselves, if we get this guy, then we get, then everybody else is buying in to take lower deals. Mm -hmm. Like they got a lot of cap space too. Oh, Ryan Murray was on the market. He is no longer on the market. He signed with Colorado today. Fuck. Oh, fuck. So 
anyways, there's still a lot to drop. There's 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 still a lot going on. Um, but I think this this has reached about two hours. Um, so thank you for uh, staying on board and uh, keeping your ear holes open this entire time. And um, we hope you enjoyed everything. We do have a big interview next week. Uh, it was recorded quite a while ago, recorded about a month ago, but because of the crazy, the crazy last little bit in the NHL, I didn't want to like, I didn't want to force it in. I want it to be like a, like I want it to be sort of like a staple of the episode. Um, so that will be coming next week. I don't know if I want to tease it. I think I'm just going to just let it, let it drop. Cause it's really exciting. Uh, and I don't know where we're going to do that yet. We're going to, we're not going to be, we're not going to be recording every week. And I know that that's hilarious coming from me when we just took, that we just took two weeks in between an episode, but, um, we're like, we're not going to have as much content to talk about. Uh, but the good news is, is that we're literally 10 weeks away from the start of the next season, which is just completely hilarious because typically when all the off season moves are over, we're like, Oh my God, we've got three months to go, but uh, it's actually a lot closer than we think because uh, we'll blink and we'll be in preseason, right? So, um, yeah, thank you to everybody who's been listening, and thank you to everybody who uh, has uh, uh, had the endurance to listen to this entire thing, um, and also for listening to twenty six episodes of us. Because um, I went, I, I told somebody when I was in Regina, I was like, "Yo." We've recorded 25 episodes, and he says, you've, you've recorded 25 episodes? That's insane. Like, I can't believe you already recorded 25 episodes. So, it's pretty exciting, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, lo- looking forward to the next season, and uh, hopefully I'm not screaming at my TV because um, Tyson Berry coughed up a loose puck in his own zone, and uh, the Oilers are out of the playoffs. But, Miles, did you have anything you wanted to say before we uh, head on out of here? Just that I am very excited. Shouts out to uh, Warren Fogel, Zach Hyman, um, Xavier Burgo, and Tyson, Tyson Berry. Yeah. Welcome to the Edmonton oh, Oilers. Cody Cece. Don't, don't, don't Cody forget Cece. him. I could never forget Cody Cece. He is a, a, a king, an absolute king yeah. among among men. So we are also looking guys, forward. Also players who, if you're listening, uh, follow us on Twitter uh, at one for one pod and on Instagram at one underscore four underscore one pod. Please do so. And once you're done doing that, remember, go Oilers, go. Go Oilers, go.